Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome to Leader Manager Coach. Welcome along to the podcast. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another program. Now, today is the second part in the series of the first 100 days lessons in leadership from the football bosses. Courtesy and inspired by the fabulous book by Phil Denton and Mickey Mellon, published by Reach Sports on the first 100 days in a job in football management. So courtesy of Phil and Mickey, here is the summary as I see it from a leader manager coach perspective on part two, which is the week before day one. So this is the scenario. You have applied for a job as the number one head coach or the leader or the manager of a football club. You have been successful in your application and have signed a contract, but it's the week before day one. Now in part one, we talked about the month before day one. And in this episode, part two, we're gonna talk about the week before day one. So obviously we haven't even walked into our office as yet, or we haven't met the players or we haven't started training, whatever the picture is. But here is the words of wisdom, or here are the words of wisdom that are in this amazing book, which I would strongly recommend if you have any desire in this niche of life to get hold of. Number one, the thing that I see is really prominent is Mickey says in there, where do you fit in this picture? The question you should ask yourself is why you, why have you been chosen? What is your position in terms of what are your skills? What's your skill set? What do you bring the table? Why you? And within that thought process is that word why, because as we'll come to in a minute, why will have a major impact on this part of the process. But why you, where do you fit in? What is it that you bring to the table? And for me, there needs to be an alignment between the job, what it is to you and how it fits into your life. Because if there's a mismatch, and how many times do we see that in life, that things on paper look okay, but there isn't a resonance, there's a dissonance. Wrong manager, wrong job, wrong club, wrong time, poor fit. Why do some managers do amazingly well at some clubs and yet don't do it at others? Lots of reasons, maybe all rational, maybe some of them not rational, but why you and how do you fit in? Next point that's so well brought forward by Phil and Mickey is to continue the process of gathering data. 
and they talk about SWOT analysis. What is SWOT analysis? Well, it's the process of going through questions of what are the strengths? What are your strengths? What are the strengths of the situation, the club, the personnel who are already in situ? W, what are the weaknesses? What are your weaknesses? What are their weaknesses? What is the club's weakness? What are the weaknesses in the environment, the situation? Oh, what are the opportunities? What nuggets of gold lie or lie within the fields of this club, this organization that can be mined? What are the opportunities? Is it the youth team? Is it the young players? Is it loan systems? Is it finances? Is it the coaching staff? What are the opportunities? And number two, T, sorry, number four, T, what are the threats? What are the problems? Is it a chairman that has little patience, doesn't understand the game, the industry, and gets rid of managers like throwing in a hand of cards? Is it one or two personnel with long contracts at the club? Is it a board issue with disruption below the surface? Is it, are there financial issues that you don't know about? What are the threats? It is vital that you do everything you can, do all your homework, dig deeply, ring around, phone people, study, get beneath the surface and find out as much detail as you can perform a SWOT analysis. What's important next in order to get some quick wins under your belt once things start to happen is that you get clarity and this SWOT analysis will help you to distill all the previous work you did in the month before and come up with clear objectives, smart goals if you like, achievable goals, objectives that you can communicate and that are meaningful and achievable. It will help you distill all this into those few lines, those few things to give clarity for the time when you come to give your message to the key people about what it is you need what it is you expect and what are the things that they need to concentrate on. Which leads us on to the next part, the week before day one, remember. Who are the key people? As Mark Palios said, and as we mentioned in the first episode, people are a key component. People are everything. A team involves 11 people, plus the substitutes, plus the non-players, and so on. We shouldn't need to say those kind of things, but people are key. We need to work and know all about the key people, all about what we expect of them, and 
all about who we need to look at keeping and who maybe in everybody's interests need to move on. Phil and Mickey talk about three P's with the people being the first one. The second P that they talk about is position. Look, where are the club now realistically? What's the reality? And within that, we've already talked about the SWOT analysis. What are the opportunities within that reality? And what are the threats? And the P, the final P, should I say, is purpose. Why are we doing this? Why are we here? And what is it about that purpose that we need and how do we need to communicate that purpose to the, the key personnel, the key stakeholders? Coming on to the communication and linking that communication of the distilled essence of the, of the key messages, the clear statements of intent Phil and Mickey talk about something called Povey's Triangle. An educationist called Drew Povey. Povey. And if you visualize a triangle with the base, the broad base of that equilateral triangle being beliefs, higher up stacked on top of the beliefs or the actions. And finally, as we put the final piece on top of the triangle to complete it, as we go towards the point at the top, are the outcomes. Now, yes, we all do things for an outcome. That's what we want. That's what we desire. That or they are our aim. However, we need to start at the basement in the foundation, which is the beliefs. And it is the clarity of our thought processes, our understanding of the why, our distilled essence of knowledge from the SWOT analysis, that will enable us to communicate to the key people with the knowledge of the position of the club and our purpose, the beliefs, and put in place those beliefs with our messages to the key people. From those beliefs with the right people in place and the purpose and aligned commitment to that purpose will come action. And those actions will be positive and facilitate the outcome we want or will move us towards the outcome we want if we have done the previous bit right. Look, there will be action anyway, but if they're not based on the correct SWOT analysis, the correct people, the correct messages, then those outcomes will lead, those actions will lead to an outcome that we don't necessarily want. The greatest chance we have of getting the outcome we want is having the right actions. We have to have the right beliefs in place to get the right actions. We have to have the correct analysis done in order to get those beliefs into the right people. Povey's triangle, beliefs, actions, and outcome. And finally, the two key points in this week before day one. Phil and Mickey admonish us to consider as David Brailsford or Sir David Brailsford said or constantly reminded his team, the Sky Racing team, the cyclists, um, which he obviously took from, I'm assuming, and again, don't assume, but 
You know, it's an analogy. The question is, will it make the bike go faster? Will it make the boat go faster? What actions are we putting in place and will it, what effect will it have? No good putting it in place if it is not going to contribute towards a successful outcome. And last but not least, they return to a fundamental of modern psychology and philosophy. The late, great Stephen Covey. And Covey's almost world-changing diagram, a matrix of urgent and important. You know, the, the four squares of urgent and important, urgent but not important. And, you know, this is all about time management. And Phil and Mickey talk about it in terms of slightly describe it a different way. But if we, what they're basically saying is, look, if you concentrate your time on quadrant two, which is the important but not urgent tasks, they are built on your philosophy, your beliefs, and the distilled essence of all your homework and knowledge finding and fact finding. And they are repetitive things that you will do and say and create and put in place on a minute by minute, hourly, daily, weekly basis that will change beliefs, that will result in actions, that will result in outcomes over the longer period that will create success. If you do not put those in place, you will be in this urgent, important matrix at the behest and the mercy of many, many things. And as Mickey talks about in the book, you will be, particularly in a job like this, dealing with stakeholders, maybe press, maybe supporters, maybe players who have an agenda. And those things may not be on your agenda. So you will be involved in things that are urgent, but not important. If you concentrate your time on things that are urgent, like phone calls, like text messages, like social media, and so on, but they're not important, you will just be a busy fool. You have to concentrate on important things. And if you concentrate on things that are important and urgent all the time, you will frizzle away, you will burn out, and you are unlikely to be a success in the long term. This is not something that you can kind of get used to and understand without doing it. You really, really, really have to understand Kobe's matrix and get to grips with what are the things you need to be spending and focusing your time on. And I would strongly recommend you take a deep dive into Stephen Covey and his um, seven strategies because it's just a phenomenal read, which Phil and Mickey obviously agree with. So there we have it, the week before day one. It is a natural follow-on from the month before day one. 
It is about increasing your knowledge base. It is about doing the correct analysis, coming up with clarity and a distilled message, understanding the people, the position and your purpose, understanding how to create an outcome, asking the right questions and focusing your most valuable asset, your time in the correct areas. I'm going to leave you with that. It's uh, chapter two of the first 100 days. All right, catch you later. Bye-bye.